Welcome to the Chamber's Elevated Conversations podcast. And now, your host, Dave Ekman. Good morning and welcome to another podcast edition of Elevated Conversations. I'm your host, Dave Ekman. This morning, uh, in the midst of the uh, pandemic, uh, later April, we are going to be talking to a different sector uh, representation in Marathon County, a big sector, actually. The ginseng uh, business in Marathon County um, is big business as part of our egg community. Um, the best ginseng in the world is grown here in Marathon County. And we all know that um, ginseng, um, can, it has a lot of health benefits to it, but um, it's, it's, it's revered in China. Um, as a, uh, a, a product which is uh, consumed uh, by and large by the Chinese population for health benefits. So this morning, um, we're asking uh, Will Su from Su Jinsing to join us in a conversation as to how his business is navigating in this pandemic. Will, uh, good morning to you. How, how are you doing today? Uh, doing pretty good. Doing pretty good given the circumstances. Can't complain. Yeah. Uh, we're in a tough situation, especially uh, your organization. You know, just to give some context to the listeners, that you just went through a massive trade war um, where your industry was adversely impacted. And then when maybe you're going down the, a pathway that you see some, some light, all of a sudden we hit the global pandemic. So um, wanted to give people a better view into your industry. So let me ask you this. When, when was Su Ginseng um, started, Will? So my dad started the company in 1974. Um, he started by buying ginseng from local farmers here in Wausau, even though he didn't live in Wausau. He lived in Fond du Lac and sent some home to my grandmother or his mother. And... Um, got letters back from his dad, my grandfather, saying that your mom is doing better. Um, you should send more ginseng home. And so being a good Taiwanese son, uh, he was dutiful and uh, kept sending ginseng home and didn't really believe it until he went back home for the first time uh, for his parents. I believe it was their 50th wedding anniversary. He comes from a family of 14 kids. And um, for the first time, seeing his mom realize that uh, the ginseng worked, and so he came back to us back to Wisconsin and talked with my mom, uh, who was also Taiwanese, and he decided to, uh, but they decided together to start a business. And my mom worked as a nurse for a few years, and then eventually joined my dad in the business and started doing retailing and trimming and selling to immigrants and first-generation Chinese and Taiwanese and people from Hong Kong, and the business kind of took off from there. So we're probably today the second-largest ginseng grower here in Marathon County and the largest ginseng company in the United States. Wow. Wow. Um, if you're able to share, how many acres do you farm? Uh, we farm a few hundred acres here in central Wisconsin. Um, you know, the total industry is about 1,500 acres. So anyone who's growing a few hundred acres is probably in the top five uh, growers, if not top two or top three or four growers. Um, so it is one of those things where we are relative, relatively small industry. Ginseng is also grown. The American ginseng species is also grown in China and Canada. 
of those industries are more recent. Wisconsin Ginseng has been grown here starting with the Fromm Brothers um, as early as uh, 1905, 1906, that time frame, so for over 100 years. Uh, there were even growers probably here in central Wisconsin before that, but the Fromms really expanded the industry and were dominant in that industry because of their fur business as well up until the 1980s. And so they were a multi-generational business, um, just like most of the ginseng farmers here. You're probably second, third generation if you're growing it here because it is one of those um, both skills as well as industries that you don't learn from books. Uh, you have to learn firsthand. I grew up working in the ginseng field, so it's something that the equipment is specialized, the techniques are specialized, um, the information is pretty confidential. Um, you know, we're a competitive group, um, and we try to maintain our trade secrets. I think it's a lot like the winemaking industry. Um, you have part of it is the growing region and the climate and the terroir, and part of it is imbued by the techniques that you use in harvesting, in drying, in curing, and in processing that really impart the flavor. And so for that reason, ginseng from central Wisconsin has been highly prized by Chinese consumers uh, for over 100 years, uh, even though much larger amounts are being grown in Canada and China. Right. Um, so when we first started the talk, the the ginseng market, so we went through the trade war and we emerged from that, at least to a semblance of we believe we were emerging from that. Um, as a second generation uh, business uh, owner coming up into the and in, in working with your family and taking it to the next level, what what do you see as your greatest challenge with the pandemic um, in moving from that trade war to the pandemic? I think the biggest challenge that we're going to face as an industry is very similar to what happened about 20, 25 years ago in this industry, which is you have an aging demographic of both consumer and grower. Uh, so you're going to have both supply and demand shocks to our industry. On the supply standpoint, because of the trade war, uh, the tariffs went from 7.5% to 47.5% over the multiple rounds um, since July of 2018. And so you had a lot of growers who were already questioning how sustainable is the industry as the prices continue to drop. And the main reason for that price drop is that the importers in China didn't want to pay more for the product and pass that tariff onto the consumer. So they passed it back to the farmers and forced the farmers to take lower prices in order to get the products into the country and sold. Uh, and the reason is they have alternatives. They can buy Chinese-grown American ginseng. They can buy Canadian-grown American ginseng for prices substantially less than uh, U.S. ginseng, in part because of the exchange rate, but more recently because of the tariffs. And so you already had farmers exiting, and you had a lot of buyers in China and consumers in China unable to find the product because of the tariffs. So you saw both the supply and the demand shock happen, that caused both prices to shift, but also some long-term ramifications for the industry that are going to take time to undo. Um, no different than other agricultural products. Once you lose those markets, you have to reestablish them, and that takes time. China is a market that my father has been trying to establish for most of his career before he retired. 
Uh, China didn't really open until the you know mid to late 1990s, maybe even 2000. But he was there with Governor Dreyfus, I believe, as early as maybe 1987 or 1988. Um, and that's really early in terms of China development. But we've always known that China, Taiwan, Hong Kong is the primary market for this product and has been since its inception in the early 1900s. So we've understood, even during those downswings, that we have to cater to that market and reestablish it. Uh, in, the, in the 1990s, what happened was Canada ramped up production very significantly in British Columbia. And British Columbia was a new growing region. People didn't fully understand and under, uh, understand what the product was like and the taste and the flavor profiles. And they went from zero, near zero production to millions of pounds within the matter of five to ten years. That industry in British Columbia is now near zero again. There's just a handful of farmers growing ginseng in British Columbia. Um, and that shows you how dramatic the swings can be in a matter of 10 or 15 years. Most of those farmers and companies that were established in British Columbia, if they didn't go under, moved their operations to Ontario, which is where most of the ginseng in Canada is grown today. No different than Wisconsin. Wisconsin grows 90 to 95% of the ginseng grown in the U.S. Ontario grows 95% of the ginseng in Canada. And that's because Ontario's climate is more similar to Wisconsin's climate. It is actually further south, even though it's Canada. Most people assume that where it's grown in Canada, because it's Canada, must be north of Wisconsin. It's actually at um, a latitude uh, that is more similar to Milwaukee or Chicago, about 43 degrees north, whereas Wausau is 45 degrees north. And that two degrees makes a significant difference in the taste, in the flavor, in the growing season. Their soils are different there. They actually irrigate their fields um, because it's sandier soil. Uh, we don't irrigate. And so all of those things change the flavor and also the medicinal properties of the root, according to Chinese traditional medicine. And so if you see this history and understand this history, you'll know that if an industry in British Columbia can go from zero to millions of pounds back to zero in 10 or 20 years, that's kind of global trade, that's global agriculture. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's what I worry about a little bit because the impact to us here in Wisconsin during that time frame was when I was growing up, there were over a thousand farmers, uh, probably 1,200 plus farmers in Wisconsin in the mid 90s until Canada started ramping up production. Currently in Wisconsin, there's fewer than 180 of us. I would actually probably mm -hmm. say fewer than 150 of us left. Uh, part of that is, again, the global competition aspect and people wanting ginseng but not wanting to pay the prices uh, that Wisconsin ginseng commands and looking for cheaper alternatives. And part of that is also um, just the transition to the next generation. Farming isn't as big of a practice. Specialty crops don't get the same level of attention and love from the government, from big uh, agriculture, from the seed and biotech and chemical companies. All of that money that has to go into R&D and research and chemical research gets funneled into the big cash crops and the specialty crops such as ginseng and cranberries and some of the things Wisconsin is known for don't get that same level of funding and resources. Sure. And so our kind of population and the number of farmers growing, this ging growing the root continue to shrink. Uh, to give you an idea of the scale, in the 90s, Wisconsin was generating upwards of 2.5 million pounds a year. Um, 
in the 80s and 90s, uh, and that was probably 90% of the total global production. Today, Wisconsin's growing probably about a million, 1.1, 1.2 million pounds a year, and that makes up less than 10% of the consumption in the world. So the total consumption, because of China's increasing uh, population and prosperity and economic development, the total global consumption has gone from probably 2.5 or 3 million pounds to my guess now is somewhere close to 15 to 20 million pounds. And Wisconsin ginseng makes up less than 10 and possibly even less than 5% of that total production. So the market is still there. The demand for the product has only grown. It's probably at least five times as big, if not approaching eight to 10 times as big as it was 20 years ago. The difference is Wisconsin continues to grow less and less poundage. And eventually, my biggest concern, as we're talking about your original question, Dave, is that this product, because we are growing so little, it will be so difficult to get or so expensive um, that consumers will just say and buyers will just say it's not worth it. Uh, it's not relevant. It's too expensive. It's a luxury item. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we will, they won't be able to afford it. And tariffs only exacerbate that problem. And then you add coronavirus and COVID and the lack of travel, the lack of uh, trade and relations, um, you know, people traveling between the U.S. and China, Sino-U.S. relations right now are probably at an all-time low in the last 20 or 30 years. All those things just make it more difficult for us as an industry to really boost our production and maintain the livelihoods of farmers and, and the farming community that grows ginseng here in Marathon County. This episode is continued in part two. This podcast episode is a production of the Greater Wausau Chamber of Commerce.